the one guy who destroyed his entire city's economy is dancing on their heads. As the new year comes in, I'm Adrian Slade. It's the Adrian Slade Show. The presidential motorcade has just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slade Show. 2021 is here. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, that dumpster fire of 2020 is uh, behind us, but I don't think it's going to be getting much better. <laughs> I'm going to try to be optimistic, but, you know, there, what I saw going into 2021 wasn't much difference. Just because the freaking calendar switches days and years doesn't mean anything. So, uh, the going out of 2020, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, Lang Syne, uh, washing of hands and, and airing of grievances and how everything is supposed to be better. You know, the New Year's resolution is here. One of the things that Netflix decided to do was to show a, a, a little uh, parting gift, I guess, a show that they created which I, and during lockdowns and social distancing and mask wearing, and I don't know how they got the opportunity to put all this together, but they did. They wanted to do like a year in review and it was called Death to 2020. And of course it's Netflix. You know, this is the same organization that Obama has his hands in and Susan Rice and all those idiots are involved with, right? So we saw a little clip Lisa Kudrow from Friends, you know, the ditzy blonde. She's, uh, the little clip that we saw the night before it came out, it actually looked inviting. You see this, this blonde and she's, you know, being interviewed and the person with the microphone has a mask and a face shield on at the same time. And she's like, you look ridiculous. And we thought, okay, this might actually be a fun, you know, show. Maybe they're taking pots, at, pot shots at everything. Oh, the propaganda is thick on this one, boys and girls. <laughs> Let me tell you, one of the things that really got me was they kind of do like Saturday Night Live does. What Saturday Night Live does, they have a political agenda, and they think they're like these, you know, Charlie Hebdo kind of uh, troops that are revolutionaries. We're going to use comedy to, to bring us back democracy, you know. So they get out there, and they, they take these stupid stances, and they have things like, uh, you know, they'll take something like Barack Obama and they'll impersonate him. Oh, I'm Barack Obama. You know, they'll, they'll do all of that and they'll be convincing. But then at the same time, they won't really take jabs at him. So they take little jabs at their own side while they take wild swinging right hooks to the other side and mock them mercilessly. And that's kind of what this show did. I mean, there was a few points in it that were kind of funny, you know, but they start out with the the whole Ukrainian phone call impeachment ruse, you know, and so they make it seem like, oh, they get into Hunter Biden right off the, right out of the gate. Two things happen. They first dismiss Hunter Biden. Oh, he's going after his potential opposition campaign uh, opponent's uh, son, right? As if nothing happened. No mention that he was getting paid 50000 a month from a Ukrainian oil company that he had no kind of expertise in and that he had deals with China being made, none of that was brought up. It was just the fact that Trump was impeached, and then they get into the pandemic and how it unfolds, and little bit of attention on China, just in the very beginning. After that, you don't hear much from China. 
But what you do see is how Netflix goes on about, they, they get into lockdowns and how Italy locked down and how the rest of the world should lock down. So then oh, the other thing real quick that they started out with is they start out with Davos. Yeah, the group, they, they, what do they call it? The Coachella for elite douchebags? Well, that is true. But again, they take pot shots at themselves just a little bit to make it seem convincing as though they're fair and they're objective. But I thought it was interesting that they start the whole thing off with the Davos meeting and climate change and Greta Thunberg, because that's where everything went with this whole show. So I'm, I'm saving you an hour of your life by telling you about this show real quick and also showing how Hollywood and the mainstream media use this show, in my opinion, after I watched it, I felt like they were spiking the ball in the end zone, excessively dancing, you know, they were taking the victory lap on the gaslighting that they were able to effectively use against the entire country. So the gaslighting, what do you do? You come up with a narrative and then you get influencers and people in po uh, politics and people in the media to all parrot the gaslighting. And then suddenly it becomes truth. Then you make a show about it like this did as though the gaslighting is real. That's what they did. They get, they go throughout the year, they get into the lockdowns and then they get into everybody watching Netflix and Tiger King. And of course that was a big thing at that time, but then they get into, they're watching uh, what is it? The, whatever that monarchy show about the Queen of England and all that BS. But what they didn't get into was they didn't show the documentary about the uh, the pedophilia show with the 11 year olds dancing and twerking and getting half naked. That never got brought up. <laughs> Wouldn't want that to be brought up, would we, Netflix? But they got into, they even had a Tim Pool like character where he was wearing a beanie and he's getting popular on YouTube. They even had a soccer mom who was some ditzy, ditzy uh, white girl who uh, falls into believing things because of Facebook posts and they get into, which they're alluding to Q, QAnon. Um, she's like looking at white power KKK websites and all this garbage. Um, so they get into justice for George Floyd and they get into, you know, it's got Leslie Jones, that, that bulldog of a, of a woman that's not even a funny comedian. She's out there uh, acting like she's some motivational writer and she's talking about how Brianna, uh, what's her name? Brianna Williams, I guess, or Bri no, Brianna Taylor, the, you know, they, they propped up the narratives on that. Oh, George Floyd, he couldn't breathe and was choked out by the cop. Never mind the fact that the cop was trying to put George Floyd in the car peacefully and he was saying, I can't breathe before he got in the car. You know, Brianna Taylor, they're talking about oh, she was asleep and she was killed by the cops in her sleep. Never mind the fact that she wasn't asleep. Her boyfriend and her were shooting through the door at the police and the police couldn't see the gunfire coming the other way and shot through the door back. All of those details were left on the cutting room floor. And then when it got into uh, the other side of the, uh, the pandemic, past the riots and all, which they never talked about them causing super spreader events, they get into the riots. Uh, on the other side, they get into the rallies, Trump's rallies. Oh, and, and his rallies caused all these people to get coronavirus. And it was just the same propaganda. Samuel Jackson up there kind of narrating it. You had uh, all the same players that you normally would see. I mean, there was moments where it was funny with the British chick, you know, talking about how America was a giant 
a TV show or, or you know, a reality-based TV show she was watching from England. And they really hate Brexit, by the way. <laughs> they really ripped on some Brexit because Brexit is a sovereigntist movement. So this show kind of encapsulated how Hollywood feels about you and I and how they don't mind just ripping on us and spiking the ball on our heads with their lies and their narratives, and it's a waste of your time to watch it. The other thing that happened was there was a documentary on about the Amazon wildfires, and this was from ABC. My wife was watching it, and they were getting into how there was this deforestation uh, crew that was illegally going into the Amazon and, and taking down precious fire uh, you know precious uh, woods and and timber and causing all of this chaos because of control burns that they went out of control with and i said to her i said watch for the moment that they start ripping on the president of brazil then you'll know what this show is all about not more than 10 minutes later they start talking about the far right president of brazil and how his leadership caused all because he is a sovereigntist. Brexit was a sovereigntist movement. Trump is a sovereigntist. You can call them nationalist, but they really want to protect the sovereignty of the country they love. So that was all wrapped up in this death of 2020. But the other thing that was really interesting was after sitting through all of these stupid ball drops and empty streets, I mean, you got Times Square empty. You've got this chick who gets up there with like 10 people out there and she's like, ain't no party like a, ain't no pandemic going to stop this party. Ain't no pandemic going to stop this party. And you got like five people going, yeah. I mean, it was, it was horrible. After all that happened, what happens? Well, Bill de Blasio decides he's going to get out there when they start the singing old Lang Syne and the ball has dropped. He's, you know, they always do the New York, New York song. And, uh, he's out there and this is this tone deaf as he gets. He's out there dancing with his wife with a mask on. The guy who destroyed the city with lockdown measures and all types of crazy, you know, I'm going to, what, close up the synagogues and kick the Jews out of the park. And, you know, this guy, after he's chased a good ton of business out of his city, allowed the crime rate to go through the roof. He's out there dancing because he's spiking the ball on the heads of everyone. And what's really funny about that is at the end of it, you get this one little bit of clarity from Andy Cohen and uh, Anderson Cooper. Now, they're getting lit. You know, it's CNN. It, that's what you do. Don Lemon was drunk half the time when he's doing his uh, New Year's Eve things. He couldn't even talk one year. And, I mean, you know, I can throw down like the best of them, but at the same time, there's a time and a place, and when you're broadcasting, you don't need to be doing mad shots and, like, almost puking. But listen to Andy Cohen just go off on Bill de Blasio. It was mm, a chef's kiss. Here in Times Square and an extraordinary thing to be here with all of you uh, watching all around the world. Uh, it is, there's really no place like Times Square on New Year's Eve. It's true. Uh, it felt magical and weird and cleansing and a little drunk. And 2020 is gone. And 2020 is freaking gone. So we I'm flushed it down the toilet. I, do not, I definitely like do not the need this. Fecal mess that it was. This is a little half. I like saying that. Let's just. Mm. 
I, I'm glad I brought two bottles for this. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Eh. All right. Eh. All right. Oh, my God. I'm like, that's how I felt when I saw Mayor de Blasio dancing just now. <laughs> what are you, what are you, I just yeah. don't need to see that at the beginning of 2021. Do something with this city. <laughs> Honestly, get it together. God. Goodness. All right. Anyway. I'll we, be we still got a lot of show. Tiptoeing back to Bravo in about 20 minutes. <laughs> but while I have this platform, I got some other stuff I want to say, oh, too. Yeah. All oh, right? You're that guy in the bar. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, and another thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've had enough of that in 2020. Yeah, we act. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Cohen said the loud thing outside and then even, <laughs> then even said, uh, I'll be taking a few steps back to uh, Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I think people are really fed up. And uh, if you really want to hear how people are fed up, there's two things you got to hear. First, listen to this guy who has a restaurant that's being locked down. Listen to the pushback and then what he's, I mean, he's organizing these individuals who's had their businesses leveled by lockdowns and he's had enough. And he puts it all out on the table. This guy's awesome. Listen to this. Anybody who's in the restaurant industry for just a minute, I'm part of that industry. I'm part of the restaurant industry, too, for any of you that are in it. And I just want to say one thing that's very important. Everybody in here has to understand. Probably one more minute, guys. Probably everybody else with any business. We, we, we've been used to living very well, like Marie said. Very free, enjoyed our lives. Got to stop thinking like a victim criminal mentality. As the victim, oh, I'll just do whatever the criminal tells me to do. They'll let me go when I'm done. They don't want to let us go. They want complete freaking control of us. They don't want us going back to normality. So this is the time we got to stand up. Every freaking business has got to stand up and put these sons of bitches down. Amen. Because if we don't, they're taking us out. That's right. I'm 60 freaking years old. I've lived all my life as an American. That's right. And Robbie's right. This isn't about Democrat or Republican. This is about American. That's right. And I am not ready to give my country up to these people so that they can ruin my life, everybody's life in here. we got to stop them. Yeah. we got to grow this group. Like Marie said, here, state, country, global. we got to really do this. This Amen. is... This is the time to be serious. If we're not serious now, and it ain't going to take them long, you're looking at six, eight months. This coming summer could be an absolute freaking disaster for freedom, for patriots, for this country. we got to do this now. Every day has to be serious. Forget about looking forward to next Christmas with your family, next Thanksgiving with your family. It ain't going to happen if we don't stop them now, this year. So that's it. Just keep going. Take this serious. Take this freaking serious. I want to finish my life owning my business. I said to Kelly this morning, all I want is my life back. I'm not looking for fame. I'm not looking for fortune. I want to mow my lawn on a sunny Saturday morning, again like I used to, and not worry about who the hell's coming to try to bomb my house, take it from me, and ruin my life. We gotta keep together. We gotta grow. Get the word out there. I'm not giving up. So neither should anybody here. I don't think you will. Right on. I mean, he, he just wants to live. He wants his normal life back. We don't need to be doing these stupid, moronic lockdown measures 
over 99.99% survival rate, especially with a PCR testing uh, rate that's so high, it can find dead cells in your body and say, oh yeah, you're coronavirus uh, positive. You know, this whole thing is ridiculous and it's killing people. You know, there was one of the tone deaf things I saw on the Rockin' Eve was they put up at the bottom of the screen um, an email address and said, how have your kids been effective with the quarantine lockdowns? Um, I don't know. Have you seen the suicide rate between 12 and 17 year olds through the freaking roof? Yeah, my kid is an emotional wreck because he's having to do all of his classwork from Zoom and he doesn't get to see any of his friends. But why are we doing this? Because we're doing this to destroy the economy. We're doing this for the Great Reset. We're doing this so that we can comport ourselves into the global union that they so laughed about as the Coachella for elite douchebags called Davos. And China is gonna be the powerful vehicle that's gonna bring it into fruition. You know, they say 2028 is when China is going to be the economic powerhouse of the world. And the United States will be economically destitute. Oh, that's great. Hey, good job, guys. Maybe that's why we're giving out tons of uh, money for Pakistani gender studies and things of that nature. I think that's probably the reason. But see, this is one of the things we have to look at. We have to look at the fact that um, everything that you're seeing is a play. Everything on TV is a narrative. And one of the things that's really gotten really irritating to me is this whole thing about hospitals being overwhelmed and, oh, listen to the hospital workers. We've got to celebrate our first responders because they are the, they are the people on the front lines and they're so overworked. And we saw videos of a doctor sitting on a chair. He's taking a few minutes while he's waiting for an x-ray to catch a little shut eye because he's just been so overworked. And then we see these videos of line dancing hospital staff there you take a little dip take a little sip what what was that garbage right they're dancing in the streets you know be dancing in the streets you got like that uh it's almost like uh what's his name uh lionel richie you know where they're dancing all over the place they're all doing this in medical gear and we're talking about how hospitals are overwhelmed. Well, listen to this guy in England talk about a hospital that was so overwhelmed, it was sold. They sold the freaking hospital because nobody was there. Listen to this. So we wanted to find out what's happened to the famous NHS Nightingale Hospital here at the Excel Centre. We were told to phone the NHS media team. We did that. They didn't know if the Nightingale Hospital still exists. They said, phone Public Health England. So we phoned them. They said they didn't know if it still exists or not here at Excel. They said phone Department of Health and Social Care. So we phoned the DHSC media team and they said, guess what? We don't know whether it exists or not. Phone Matt Hancock's private office. Well, surprise, surprise, they didn't reply. So we phoned the GLA. We spoke to the mayor's deputy for communications and he said, he didn't know what's happened to the NHS Nightingale Hospital. So we came back and we asked the security guards and eventually one of them admitted, admitted that yes, the whole thing has gone. It's vanished, it is no more. It's been dismantled. It may be sold, it may be put in the bin or it may be in a store. No one seems to know or tell us. What is clear 
is that although there's supposedly a crisis in London, there is no chance of using the supposed NHS Nightingale Hospital because it's gone. Finito, terminato, finished, not here. Yep, their hospital was so overwhelmed that it was sold. We don't have any ships out there, do we? Out there in, in New York to alleviate the uh, the overwhelming flow, you know? We've only been doing, what, 290-some days? Actually, it was close to almost a year of flattening the curve, you know? Almost a full year of flattening the curve because flattening the curve was to keep the hospitals from being overwhelmed, not so that you can wait for a vaccine, which those vaccines are now causing all types of weird side effects, and some people are uh, outright rejecting it. <laughs> I mean, I can't say that I blame them, but one of the things, oh, that was another thing, real quick, going back to that Netflix documentary, they mock the Event 201 uh, stuff as conspiracy. They say that, oh, Bill Gates, you know, with the vaccine, uh, he's going to, he can't even get his Windows program correct. He's going to infect you with, and, and they make it seem like the fact that you want to question the fact that a computer software engineer is behind a vaccine when he has been outspokenly for population control. And then you hear a vaccine comes out that, well, you might want to go to the first national yank and deposit a little bit of sperm if you're a fertile guy, because yeah, there's a good chance that you take the vaccine and you become infertile. Oh, that'd be great for population control, wouldn't it? Line people up. Maybe uh, Mike Pence and Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris or whatever the hell her name is. Maybe they're all signing up for this and doing it on TV because, well, it won't matter to them. They're already past the prime of having kids. But I just feel like this entire thing is such a ruse. You need to open up your businesses 2021 is not going to be much better than 2020 if we don't start pushing back. If we don't start standing up, opening our businesses, the governors are putting out mandates that are not codified law, so uh, the mandate means nothing. It's just a suggestion by the gov governor with his, uh, his order, his edict, you know. They're going to let prisoners out. They're going uh, to allow all types of injustice to happen. But then they're going to turn around and take the hairdressers and the tattoo parlor uh, owners and they're going to put them all in jail. The restaurant owner because the gym owner that's out there opening his gym, getting fined day after day to the point where he's going to be economically destitute. Hey, we need to fight back against all that because what they're doing isn't legal. It's not legislated law. It is government orders by a tyrannical governor and if enough of us can coalesce behind a good legal entity of some sort a good co uh, collective of of law uh, you know people that want to be for the enforcement of law if we can build that kind of coalition then we can start suing these governors and we can start knocking down these mandates and we can start opening back up because we need to put food on the table we need to have school. We need to live a normal life and treat this disease like we should, like a like an actual virus, and live with it because that's the only way that's gonna. We're, that's the only way we're gonna get any sort of normalcy. China's out there 
dropping the ball, crowded streets, celebrating the new year, haven't had a lockdown since. And yeah, their their numbers have been inflated because they inflated them and deflated them for, for whatever reasons they needed. But you know what? They're living life because it benefits them. This whole thing, it's like climate change. Oh, we got to shut down fossil fuels and, and emissions. Why is the rest of the world doing this? But China looks like it's walking through a, you know, a, a fog of, of pea soup. I mean, it's like a giant fog. They're so, <laughs> they don't follow any climate change measures because that's not the reason for climate change. Climate change is to destroy Western economies to set up for global socialism, for communism. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. I know I haven't done a podcast in a while. I wanted to touch base since it's the beginning of the year and just tell you guys Happy New Year and thanks for actually listening and continuing to listen. Um, and I want to uh, give you an option. You can listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Overcast, uh, Google Play. Also, read the blog, adriansladeshow.com. Go over to Omnia News, O-M-I-N-I-A, Omnia News, and uh, check out some of the great articles that are being posted up there. A lot of great stuff. And we'll see you guys next time. God bless. This is Adrian Slade.